Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello out there. It's me, Winnie the Pooh. And don't forget to remember to stay tuned to the Riley and Kimmy Show. And don't forget to remember to keep on bouncing, says Tigger. <laughs> the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and don't forget Tug. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Oh, we can't forget Tug. We know exactly where Tug is today. Matter of fact, we're with Tug. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello, everybody! Hi! Hi there! I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. I sure am, and right next to me is a hero of this story in every single episode before this, because we have a daily podcast. That's right, daily episodes of Nerd Variety Talk Shows, what we offer. Right next to me is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are you? I'm doing great. That, that is so great to hear, Kimmy. I, how, how are things going as we uh, set up and uh, make this show available? We are setting up at the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. Can you believe that? I know. It's going to be a, a fun, exciting day. You never know what's going to happen. That's true. And Tug the Bull Terrier is here. The superhero dog is here with his parents. That is Blake Ovard and Kim Joy Ovard. Stop on by. Meet Tug today. He's here from, well, actually, VIPs get in at 9 o'clock, and the event itself opens up at 10. So if you're listening to this on the day it's uploaded, Please come on by. We're right out by Universal Studios at the Holiday Inn on Kirkman. And let's see, Space Ghost is in the house. That's the voice of George Lowe. Mm-hmm. And a monster is here. Yes, Butch Patrick. Yes. A.K.A. Eddie Munster. And also Mark from Lidsville. That was the name of his character was Mark mm, from okay. Lidsville. You can talk to him about those TV shows, other TV shows too. And film projects, and you can catch some previous interviews we've had with Butch, video and audio-wise, available right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, also available on our Facebook page and other social media as well. And, oh, let's see, who am I forgetting? Oh, oh, that's right, uh, Clay Mann is here today. Also, artist Billy Tushi, Chad Thomas. Should I keep on going? Wow, Rob, I know. Rob Gilry. It's a huge Ethan list. Ethan Van Skyver's here. Wow. I mean, the list keeps going. You can find out more of who's who at the zoo at this big event by going right to the website of the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. Their website is orlandotoyandcomiccon.com. And by the way, make sure uh, you tell your friends about this place if they like collectibles because uh, the Orlando Toy and Comic Con, it does have that toy in its name, and that means toys and collectibles. There are a wide range of collectibles from all eras that will be available at this fun event today. Mm-hmm. And you can stop by one of our good friends' table. That is the table of Humphrey Ching and Jeremy Gonzalez. The two of them are together, and they have a bunch of uh, toys and collectibles. I think you'll really want to check out. As a matter of fact, I know for a fact, some of those that Humphrey has are very hard to find. Hmm. And you want to check that out. That's going on today. Also, our good friends, uh, Carousel's Collectibles, are there with a wide range of unique gifts. You'll be able to find comic books from all eras 
from Pop Culture Playground. Please stop by and say hello to Tom Raup. He's there. He'll be able to help you. And if you're saying, hey, I need a certain key book, that means one of those really, you know, special books if you're looking for something. If Tom does not have it, I guarantee he can lock it down. He can find it. He can hunt it down. Mm -hmm. So be sure to to, uh, say hello to Tom from the Riley and Kimmy Show and check out what he has. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. And plenty of other vendors. You can find out more at the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con's website. That's the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con.com. Please tell your friends in Central Florida. Matter of fact, if you're in Jacksonville, head on down. you got time if you're listening very early. Or wherever you are, Tampa, come to this fun event right by Universal Studios at the Holiday Inn on Kirkman. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Yes, please come on out. Now, the Riley and Kimmy Show needs to ask a favor. We need your help. That's right. Election we're talking about, but a fun kind of election, not that kind of thing, not that, that serious stuff, not that. You know, no, we're not we're, we're not talking politics, right, Gimme? Not not that kind of stuff. No, it, it it's a nerd kind of an election and it is the Spacey Awards that are happening. They're soliciting uh votes for the Spacey Awards now. We have been nominated. I'd be I'll be quite honest. We're we're pleased just being nominated. We're honored for being nominated for best podcast blog. I don't know what the entire category mm-hmm. title is. We are honored to be that. There are some great people that are part of this category, and we are honored to be nominated. That's and, right. And we really need your vote. Please vote for us. You can find the the ballot on our Facebook page pinned right to the top or our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Also on Google+, Plus, our profile there. It's right there, right on the top. One of the things uh, I want to point out is liking the post does not count as a vote. We need you to actually click on our name to the left of us, it's either a box or a bubble, depending on the type of device you're looking at it on. Mm-hmm. And click us. And if you could share that with a couple of friends, that's all we ask. Couple, or if you want to do more, that's even better. And have them do the same vote for us and share with a couple of their friends. We would deeply appreciate that. And this will be a big help to Kimmy because Kimmy has never won a thing as an adult. That's right, nothing, zero. The last time was back as a kid in uh, like grade school or something, right? Well, except for spam on this show, but you know. Hey, 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 hey. Who knows? You know what? <laughs> it's funny you mention that because we will be posting videos throughout the day and after the fact of the Orlando Toy and Comic Con and somebody's going to get awarded a can of spam, I think, Kimmy. Mm. Yes, and who will it be? You'll find out. So, Back to the election thing. Mm-hmm. Kimmy hasn't really won anything besides the spam as an adult since she was a child. And, you know, really why I am mentioning this is to help Kimmy. I want Kimmy to win this. Matter of fact, a good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show created a hashtag. It's hashtag win it for Kimmy. And that's what we are trying to do. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And a big thank you to those who have already voted and to those who will vote for us. And a quick shout-out to somebody who has voted for us. Uh, You have the shout-out list, right, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Well, our biggest supporters who have not only voted but shared with their um, followers and such are um, Tug. Tug, the Wonder Dog. Uh, Famous Faces and Funnies. Viera Comics. um, Eric and Patty Waller. The Vicious Collectibles people. Um, Katie Roberts and Terry Moore from Outdated Slang, Hector Flores, um, John Didana and Dion from Phantasmagoria, Mike Kales 
I mean, thank you guys. It's been, you know, you've, you've helped us tremendously. Um, there's a, a ton of other people. It's, did you mention Todd Merrick from Todd Merrick? Yes. Yeah, Todd Merrick from person. Heroes Landing comic book mm-hmm. shop in Claremont, Florida. Yes. Big thank you to all of you who have voted for the Riley and Kimmy show. We appreciate your support and for your listening to the Riley and Kimmy show. You can find that ballot. It's right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, pinned right to the top. Also, our Google Plus page, and that's in the profile thing, and our Facebook page, just to name a few. You can find that, and we look forward to your vote, and we hope we can mention you on the Riley and Kimmy show. It's a Sunday, nerd day for sure, with the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con going on. Now, Kimmy, would you like to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia? Of course. Now, you've won how many things I have to buy for you from the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con? Four. Do you want to put all four? All or nothing? Mm. What we'll do is we'll buy you something, you know, it would be, what, five things from the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con? Could be a autograph, could be a picture, could be a collectible, who knows what. Sure. You're going to... you're gonna, it's all or nothing. Yeah. Here we go. It is a Sunday. It is a nerd day. It is a January 22nd. We're going to be asking Kimmy some questions from the nerd and pop culture geek trivia list that we have compiled. She has more of these right than wrong. She wins that uh, collectible choice from the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. I'll be buying her. Get this. What? One, two, three, four, five things possibly. Or or maybe none, right? Or maybe none. That's right. It could be. Feel free to shout out an answer to Kimmy. We believe in time travel answers. We believe the time vortex opens up right to her ears, and that answer comes down. So if you're listening to the future, feel free to shout out at your, well, laptop, your smartphone, your tablet, your old desktop, whatever computing device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on, because we are mobile and we are global. We are mm-hmm. the Riley and Kimmy show. Here we go. It is a January 22nd. The timeline may have been adjusted. It may be out of order. It may be all crazy like I am, or it could be completely linear, chronological, all in order. And here we go. It's a Sunday, January 29th with our first question from the nerd and pop culture geek trivia for Kimmy. Kimmy. Well, I hope you paid attention in theater, in any theater classes, literature classes that you might have had back at uh, Igloo Elementary School. Hmm. All right, here we go. It was on this date, 1595. Look at the horror on your face. I wish this was a video episode. The year 1595, the play Romeo and Juliet is thought to have been performed for the very first time. Now, the play was officially published in 1597. Question for you, Kimmy. History has recorded that one person wrote that play. Who is the person who wrote the play? Oh, William Shakespeare. Yes, William Shakespeare wrote the play, or some will say he didn't write all the plays, and then there's arguments about that. But we will accept that William Shakespeare is the author of Romeo and Juliet. Did you see that in high school? Did they make you see the film or uh, a production of it? Yes. Was it a film? Yes. Was it the classic, like, 1960s thing? Yes. Did your fellow classmates laugh at it? Mm. Did they skip out of the film? Did they leave? Was it shown at that classic old theater in downtown? Actually, yes, it was. It was shown at that classic old vaudevillian theater. Took a bus trip. 
to, to down to, to the downtown city, well, the big city. You you went in the heart of the city to this old vaudevillian theater, mm-hmm. which at the time had become a little rundown at that time period. Mm-hmm. It's now been remodeled and it's back to its uh, beauty and splendor from its heyday. Yes, we did. We saw it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't lose people going to that. Well. Did you skip out? Be no. You, you sat through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Was that your only exposure? Did you actually read the play before? Was that film what your your total knowledge? No, we read it. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you play in the play by chance? No. All right. Didn't know if you played uh, Juliet or something. Mm-mm. All right. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, Kimmy. It revolves around the world of theater and literature. 1845. This was published for the very first time in New York Evening Mirror. 1845, The Raven is published for the very first time. Who is its author? Edgar Allan Poe. That's exactly right. I'm glad you got that right, or your friends from Phantasmagoria, Orlando, will be quite upset with you. Mm, I know. Considering they love Edgar Allan Poe. So on his date in 1861 in America, Kansas became the 34th state of the Union. See, I didn't ask you what state was the 34th. You know, I, I didn't, didn't That's do That's good. Well, I, I thought we'd play fair here, even though... I would like to see you lose on this episode of the Riley and Gibby show. Although I would like you to win the Spacey Award. Uh, you know, you got five of these collectibles that you're in the process of possibly winning. And you're already one. Ahead. Well, you're one up, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way we go. The way we go. It was on his date in 1920. Walt Disney starts work as an artist with KC Slide Company for $40 a week, Kimmy. That's 1920. Mm-hmm. It was on this date the first members of Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame were named, Kimmy. Give me the year within five that that happened. The first Hall of Fame? The first members of the Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame were named for the you know the, the very first ones. What year within five years? 1920? Kimmy misses it. We're now one-on-one. It's 1936, Kimmy, when that happened, but you can redeem yourself, and I'll take away that subtract that uh, count against you. Tell me where the Hall of Fame is located. Can you tell me the name of the city that it is located in? Mm. Oh. Come on. You can do it. You can redeem yourself here. You can totally forget about that mistake. I can't think of it right now. Cooperstown is what it is, New York. But what we'll do is I won't count that against you. That was like one of those bonus quiz points okay. in school. We'll, we'll play fair, fair here. You are one down, correct? Mm-hmm. Are we tied? One, one? Is that the way it is now? Uh, sure. Or are you one down? You're one down, correct? No, I think we're tied. Okay, I guess we'll leave it that way. It was on this date in history, 1956. Indictment debuted on CBS Radio and stayed on the air for three years. It was a... It was a legal kind of show. Uh, it had like a Perry Mason kind of feel to it a little bit, but not, not in my opinion, to uh, Perry Mason's caliber. So on this date, 1958, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward became married. That was in 1958. It was on this date, Kimmy. Walt Disney's Sleeping Beauty is released. We are in a tie. Tell me the year. Sleeping Beauty is released. Five years plus or minus. 1952. Kimmy is definitely down now. Down for two. 1959. Okay. It was on this date, 1963. The first members of the NFL's Hall of Fame were named. Hall of Fame is Canton, Ohio. 
1966, this song would eventually climb up the charts. It was released on this date. What's the best girl I've ever had? I thought the law and the law one. I thought the law and the law one. Yes, that's Bobby Fuller Four's I Fought the Law. From 1966. So on this date, 1969, the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour debuted on CBS TV. 1972 saw Smokey Robinson leave the group. What was a group that he had been part of? It was Smokey Robinson and the what? A lot, mm. a lot of hits. I'm drawing a blank. Down by three, Kimmy. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Mm. 1979, Emerson, Lake, and what? Palmer. This- disbanded before I could finish there. That's right. Down by two now, Kimmy. You're climbing back. 1983, Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac marries Kim Anderson at her Los Angeles home. It's 1989. This recording artist sang the United States National Anthem at Super Bowl number 23. He also did it at Super Bowl in 2007. Now, because of the recording was not great for the first one in 1989, I thought we would go to the better recording in 2007, Kimmy. Tell me who this recording artist is that sang the national anthem. Here is your audio clue. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, all the ramparts we watch was so gallantly streaming. Kimmy, if you can tell me who that is, we will put you ahead by one. We will take away all your negatives. Can you tell me who that individual is who had a ton of hits in the 1970s and 80s, including going into the 90s? I have no idea. Should I give her an extra clue? Do you think I should? Mm Mm-hmm. He was married to a model at one time, and he's known for being the piano man. Billy Joel. That is correct, Kimmy. You are now one ahead. You pulled ahead there by guessing who that was. That was Billy Joel, which is interesting. He played with with the piano, that version, in the original version that he did in 1989. He sung it a cappella. I wish we had better audio of it. It's just very, it's it's not the the best. It would be actually impossible to identify him on that one. It was 1994, Kimmy. Remember, you are up by one now. Mary Wilson, formerly of what group? Mary Wilson, formerly of what group? She was big in the 60s. The Supremes. That's right. Mary Wilson of the Supremes. Now, she was injured when her Jeep hit a freeway median and flipped over while driving outside of Los Angeles. Her 14-year-old son was killed in the accident. That was in 1994. 1996, Garth Brooks refused to accept his American Music Award for Favorite Overall Artist. Brooks said that Hootie and the Blowfish had done more for music that year than he had done. Wow. That was in 19. 19- 96. Moving over to notables. 
celebrities in the birthday column. William McKinley. Tell me what he is known for. Born on this date, 1843, died 1901. A president. That's right, Kimmy. He was president from March 4th, 1897 until his assassination, September 1901, six months into his second term. Hmm. This individual, comedian, actor, stage performer, people always perceived him to be drunk. A lot of people say it was just because of a skin condition. His big nose was always red. Frito potato chips. Chips actually had a character of him at one time in eraser form and on cartoons. He would say, my little chickadee, can you tell me who it is? W.C. Fields. That's right. W.C. Fields, born on this date, 1880, died 1946 at the age of 66. Victor Mature, born on this 16, died in 1999 at the age of 86. American stage film and television anointment film. He played Samson is one of the things he played. Individual born on this date, Kimmy, died in 2010. Tell me who he is. He is known for playing the single playboy father, Bentley Gregg, in the sitcom Bachelor Father from 1957 to 1962 as the unseen millionaire Charles Townsend in the crime drama Charlie's Angels from 1976 to 1981 and Blake Carrington in Dynasty, 1981 to 1989. Who is the mystery birthday person? John Forsyth. That's correct, John Forsyth. Next person having a birthday, tell me how old he is. Came to fame with a TV show, 1980 to 1988. Went to film. Still active, this actor is. Tell me how old he is. He's known for this TV show. See if you can identify the TV show and tell me who the lead actor was from it. Okay, Kimmy, do I need to give you some bonus clues, or do you know who this actor is? I think I know who it is. Okay, name the TV show that he's really known for. Magnum P.I.? That's correct, from 1980 to 1988. That's the show. He played Thomas Magnum. Tell me the name of the actor. Tom Selleck. That's exactly right. Now, we, we're giving you a five-year buffer, Kimmy. How old is Tom Selleck today? Um, 68. Four, five. Carrie. Wow, you got it within the perimeter. He's 72 today. Okay. Congratulations there. Why, thank you. Now, tell me the kind of car he drove as Magnum P.I. I will give you a choice. Was it a red Porsche? Was it a red Ferrari? Was it a red Lamborghini? Lamborghini? It was a red Ferrari, Kimmy. Ah. That's what it was. Good. But I we, didn't really watch the show. See, you, you lied to us. Yeah, what? I thought you'd have. Well, you kind of led to us that you watched no, that show. No, I didn't. Well, we won't count the Ferrari answer against you in that case since you admitted no, you. No, that's you, okay. No, we won't. We Fair won't. And no, no, you're ahead. That's okay. That's all right. We will not do that. I, I'm hearing the shouts from the future. They're saying, don't do that to her. That's not fair. Okay. This actress having a birthday today, it's Ann Gillian, American actress, best known for her role as Casey Cranston on the 1980s sitcom. It's a living. Tell me how old she is today within five. Uh, 60. You missed that one. I can't protect you on that one. She is 67 today. Okay. Media icon, Oprah Winfrey, having a birthday today. Within five years, how old is Oprah today? 55. Miss another one. Oprah is 63 today. Mm. 
within five years. Tell me how old this mystery person is, but first identify who it is. She played on a sitcom, Kimmy, from 1988 to 1987. Identify the show she is, well, where she got her, her fame from. She would continue with other things. I'll give you another clue. I will tell you this one. She did not play the title character. Here is a clue of the TV show she first got her fame from. Please tell me the show. I think Kimmy knows what the show is. Tell me the TV show, the sitcom from 1988 to 1987. Is that Roseanne? That is Roseanne. Now, she played Darlene Connor, the daughter, one of the daughters, on the show. Can you tell me who she is? Mm. She is also known as a co-host and creator of the CBS daytime talk show, The Talk, and for her recurring roles on The Big Bang Theory as Leslie Winkle, a love interest. Mm -hmm. Who is she? Yeah. Tell me who this actress is who has a sister who acts as well. Right. She, her sister played Laura Ingalls. On what show? On Little House on the Prairie. Okay. Now tell me who played that. Maybe you can tell me who she is because they have the same last name. Melissa Gilbert. Yeah. Okay. So her sister. So her last name is? Gilbert. All right. You're, you're, you're 50% there. You're almost there, Kimmy. Tell me who this is. Her name would flash across the screen when you watched Roseanne every, I think it was Tuesday night. I know you were a big Roseanne groupie. And you've probably seen Roseanne a hundred million times in syndication. Mm -hmm. You'd say, oh, yeah, I know her. And you'd see her on Big Bang. you go, that's her. That's the, the one from Roseanne. And let's face it, you probably watch the talk every day. No. Well, you at least are exposed to it in some way. I was. Um, okay. Tell me who she is. Melissa Gilbert and... And her sister. No. Her sister... You can't name Melissa's sister. It's Sarah Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert. How old is Sarah within five years today, Kimmy? 45. We got it within five. She is 42 years old today. So we, uh, I, I, you, did, you did okay with this one, I think. You were able okay. to identify the theme. I think you did, did well. Moving over to another section of trivia. I see dead people. Yes. Notable deaths happening on this date in history. It was 1963, Kimmy. Tell me what this person is known for. Four, Robert Frost dies at the age of 88. He was an author? I'll accept uh, a writer, a poet. Poet? Yes, that's what I'll accept as poet. I, I will take that. He won four Pulitzers. That is Robert Frost. 1963 passes on. Tell me who this actor is, Kimmy. Big role that he is known for. Now, I love him in something else. I, I like this movie I'm about to mention. He is the lead he did a movie which I really like. It's obscure called Man in the Net, where he acts opposite of a crazy Carolyn Jones. You ever have a chance to see that? Please do. If you can find it, you're lucky. I've tried to find a good copy of that. Not been able to so far. But he is known for playing Shane. Kimmy, 1953, tell me who he is. Alan Ladd? Exactly right. 
I'm proud of you there. Okay. Passed away 1964, Kimmy, at the age of 50. Mm. He was only 50 mm. when he passed on. Please identify this next person who passed away, Kimmy. Died 1977, American actor and stand-up comedian. He was a star of a 1970s NBC TV show. Tell me who he is. Tell me the name of the show. You'll be able to figure it out if you listen long enough to the theme. Then you should be able to tell me who we're looking for here. The mystery person that passed away on this date, 1977. Yes, that's from the actual TV version. There's a version by Sammy Davis Jr. of this song, too. Okay. okay, tell me the name of the TV show that that theme is from. Chico and the Man. That is correct, Kimmy. Now tell me who the mystery person is that passed away on this date in 1977. Freddie Prinze. That's correct. He passed away in 1977. Some think it's uh, by an accidental death. It was labeled as that, but the coroner's team and... Uh, inquests and all that stuff that they had they found they did have a suicide note mm. he had written a note but he had played the russian roulette fake russian roulette game with friends in the past mm -hmm. so a lot of people wanted to believe that that's what he was doing but he was extremely depressed that evening that he passed on because mm. he was getting a divorce or going through a divorce that's what uh, caused that mm. it was on this date this individual died gimme 1980 is when this person passed at the age of 86. He dropped out of school in the seventh grade to become a full-time ragtime pianist, big-time performer in vaudeville, and became known in radio big-time, and then film, and then eventually television. See if you can identify who he is with his very unique voice, which would be imitated in cartoons for many cartoon characters over the course of time, here he is. Good night, good night, good night. It's time to say good night, good night. What more is there to say but good night? Folks, I'll be back next week and good night folks and good night mrs calabash wherever you are i think kimmy will be able to tell me who that is who is the mystery voice kimmy is that jimmy durani that's correct now tell me his real voice his voice there was used for a certain cartoon can you tell me what he narrated and sang in a certain Christmas-themed cartoon. I will give you the clue. Happy birthday. Oh, uh, yeah. Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> that, that is correct. He did that in 1969. But his voice was imitated for the character Doggy Daddy in Hanna-Barbera's Augie Doggy and Doggy Daddy cartoons. 
Okay. That, that was easy for you to say. It, it was. Thank you. <laughs> it was also in the, uh, well, a Durrani-like voice was used in Marvel Comics superhero The Thing version in Hanna-Barbera's cartoon Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. <laughs> they they have the thing with a voice kind of like Jimmy Durrani. Mm-hmm. And the voice also appeared in Crispy, the mascot for Crispy Critters cereal. And there's other crispy things. Crispy Critter Cereal? Yes, Crispy Critter Cereal. Oh, and that conjures up a not nice image. Well, there's Crispy Critters Cereal. Remember, and then there was Cookie Crisp Cereal. Remember that? But he didn't do that Cookie Crisp one. Remember mm. that? We're talking healthy cereals, I think, here. And let's see. And no wonder I had problems years ago. And then in Disney's House of Mouse, a character named Mortimer Mouse is voiced by someone that is based on Durrani. Kind of close. So he does live on in ways. That's Jimmy Durrani. Jimmy, I think you did quite well. Matter of fact, so well that I got to find room in the Batmobile for those uh, collectibles or the autographs or the art that you're getting that I have to buy <laughs> at the Orlando Toy and well, Comic Con. You know we were going to get stuff anyway. I didn't know that. Well, of course. Can, we always do. There's can, can so I, much stuff there. To, do, do, does that mean I can get something? Well, of course. I can get at least one stuff? Yeah. You're going to get a lot of stuff. I'm just going to get one stuff at least. Just one stuff? Ah, uh, we'll probably get a lot of stuff. Oh, I can get two stuff then? We can we'll probably get a lot of stuff as usual because there's Ooh, so much, yeah. To, yeah. you know, yeah. so much to pick from. Yes. It's at the Orlando Toy and Comic Con going on today. If you're listening to this early enough, be sure to check out their website at the theorlandotoyandcomiccon.com. Right now, we're going to honor something from the trivia. Video That's a Riley and Kimmy show going back in time right now to honor somebody from the list of trivia questions. And that is Alan Ladd, who was born on the state in history. Alan did a lot of film work, but he also did a lot of radio work, too. And we have a fantastic example of his work from the golden age of radio. Matter of fact, it's full of ear candy. It's a detective mystery kind of show. It's kind of weird. And it's just strange. Let's put it that way. The concept is called Box. Well, actually, it's called Box 13. And the show is where a writer is trying to look for material, so he asks for people to send in suggestions for mysteries and things like that, and he will solve the crime or the mystery. And this one is really interesting because it co-stars Paul Fries that you'll hear right in almost the opening. And Paul Fries, known for so many things. Matter of fact, the man of 10,000 voices. At one time, you could turn on the radio and TV, and you could not go more than probably 10 minutes without hearing his voice in something. And his voice was a chameleon. He is the voice in the Haunted Mansion to this day for Disney, and he's the voice of Boris Badenoff in Bullwinkle and so many other things. My favorite voice over talent actor of all time. Or right there. He's right at the top two slot three. Right there. Paul Freeze with Alan Ladd in an episode of Box 13. This one's called Daytime Nightmare on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Box 13, care of the Star Times. I should like very much to see you and offer a proposition which could be of mutual profit to us. Of course, there is some danger involved. But then your advertisement asks for adventure. So if you are interested, perhaps we could have lunch tomorrow afternoon. Say at one o'clock, the Golden Arrow. Ask for Mr. Waring's table. (laughs) There's some danger involved, he said. 
Yes, that's what the man said. And, brother, that's exactly what he meant. And now, back to Box 13 and Dan Holliday's newest adventure, Daytime Nightmare. Better invite you to lunch, Mr. Holiday. Uh-huh. Lunch, and then what? Danger, it says. That sounds exciting. Mm, it always does. You know, Susie, someday I'm going to walk into one of these things and not walk out. Then follow up one of these other letters. Th there's one that asks for a babysitter. The woman says her children are an adventure. <laughs> oh, no, thanks. I'll take Mr. Waring's letter and his proposition. Then you'd better hurry. It's almost 12.30 now. Oh, don't push, Susie. Don't push. What time will you be back? Probably this evening, but don't wait for me. Just lock up the office and take off. So long, Susie. The Golden Arrow was one of those ultra-ultra dining and luncheon spots where you can get a swell dollar lunch for five. I asked for Mr. Waring's table, and the waiter showed me to a nice secluded corner. A small orchestra was playing. A couple were dancing. And Mr. Waring was just sitting there. I took a good look at him before I sat down. He was big and handsome, maybe about 50, and the diamond he flashed on the little finger of his right hand was spelled with 1,500 capital dollars. He looked up, saw me standing there. How do you do? You're uh, Box 13? Yes, that's right. You're Mr. Waring. And you're right. Please sit down. I've ordered lunch. I hope you approve. Oh, thanks. I'm sure I will. You're uh, younger than I expected. Oh, disappointed? No, no, please. <laughs> Tell me, is uh, Box 13 the way you make your living? Well, not quite. Yeah, I read your advertisement several times. Adventure wanted, go any place, do anything, write Box 13. <laughs> is that said with disapproval? No, not at all, Mr. Uh... Dan Holliday. Oh. No, not disapproval, Dan, just regret. Regret that I hadn't the nerve to do such a thing when I was your age. Well, sometimes the regrets are mine. Huh? Oh, oh, I see. You mean once in a while you get something that's hard to handle? That's it. But you've always come out on top. Well, I've had a lot of luck. Is there uh, any of it left? Do I need some? If you do what I ask, you will. All right. What's on your mind, Mr. Wack? First, we'll have lunch. Then we'll talk. Will that be all right with you? You say so. Yes. Good. Charles, you may bring our lunch now. Now let's enjoy ourselves. There's lots of time to get serious after lunch. <laughs> Waring was a very good conversationist. I learned he was an attorney, an attorney for one of the biggest estates in the country. He kept leading the conversation around to that every time we got on something else. Then when lunch was over... <sighs> Enjoy it, Dan? Very much. Cigar? Oh, no, thank you. Now, if you'll come with me. Come with you? But I thought we were going to talk. Oh, I'd rather have more privacy. You'll understand why when I tell you what I have in mind. Oh, it's that important, huh? Would you say $10 million was important? Mm, it commands attention, yes. Then please come with me. We left the Golden Arrow. The doorman saluted Waring and signaled the big limousine that sneaked up along the curb and purred to a stop. Please get in, Dan. Uh, oh, pardon me. Where are we going? Oh, for a ride through the park. Uh, oh, wait, wait a minute. I, uh, I, I want to know what this is all about. 
for a joint play. <laughs> You're not very trusting, are you, Dan? Yeah, it's not that. <laughs> uh, something wrong, uh, Dan? I, yeah. I, get in the car, Dan. A little air will make you feel better. But I... Go on, get in. All right, Bert. You know where to go. I'd been drugged before, so I knew what it felt like. <laughs> it felt exactly like this. I came crawling out of the long, dark tunnel with a buzzing in my ears, my mouth dry as cotton. I was lying down, and I reached out my arms. I, I was on a cot. A nice white cot in a nice white room. I sat on the edge of the bed, looked around. There was a window, but there were bars over it. I went to the door. Hey. Hey, open up. Open this door. Open this door, somebody. Come on, open the door. Get away from the door. Get away from it. Open it up, whoever you are. Move back away from it, and I will. Go on. I moved back and away. There was a pause, and then... Well, Mr. Stokes, you've awakened at last. Stokes? What are you talking about? Come on, get me out of this gag or I'll break my way out. Samuel, Hugo? Huh? Now, Mr. Stokes, you don't want Samuel and Hugo to take care of you, do you? What is this? Sit down, Mr. Stokes. Please. Sit down. I won't sit down. Where's Waring? He'll be here in a moment. If you want to see Mr. Waring, I'm sure that can be arranged. Well, that's better. And call off those mastiffs in white coats. Wait outside, Samuel. Hugo. And close the door. Go ahead. I'll be all right. Stay where you are, Mr. Stokes. Look, if this is a gag, let's run it off the boards and put a tag to it. Gag? <laughs> Why, Mr. Stokes, you sound almost rational. Rational? What are you talking about? Just that. I've no doubt that in a year, perhaps a little more, we can discharge you. You mean... You mean this is no gag? No, it's not a gag. You're Edward Stokes. Remember that. You're Edward Stokes. Where's Waring? He'll be here to see you with your wife. My wife? Of course. I wonder if you remember her. I don't know what you're trying to get away with, but if I have to play rough, I can play it. Samuel! Hugo! I think Mr. Stokes needs to be quieted. Take care of it, Samuel. Get them away from me. When you've decided to be more calm, Mr. Stokes, we can have a talk in my office. Until then, I shall take precautions against your homicidal tendencies. Well, it was no gag. Samuel and Hugo were too big for games, and they played rough. Samuel left, and Hugo sat beside the bed to watch me. I knew now where I was. In a sanitarium. But why? Now, why was I called Edward Stokes? had to find out, so I turned to Hugo. What? Oh, Hugo, these straps are hurting me. <laughs> no thanks, Mr. Stokes. I can't loosen them for you. Look, uh, get my clothes, take out my wallet, take the money that's in it, and just let me get to a telephone. I'm sorry, Mr. Stokes. You know that's against the rules. Who was the man who spoke to me before? That's uh, Mr. Cordell. Mr.? Not a doctor? Well, yes and no. This here's a kind of a... Uh, Rest home. Uh, 
Does everyone get as much rest as I do? <laughs> You're all right, Mr. Stokes. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm dying. <laughs> Where are my clothes? Ah, no, no, no. We'll get them for you later. Look, I'm not Edward Stokes. I'm Dan Holliday. Get it? My name's Dan Holliday. I'm a writer. Hmm. Well, that's swell. I'll, I'll bring you a pencil and paper later. Hugo, go to a phone. Call the number I'll give you and ask for Susie. She'll... Has she uh, got a sister for me? <laughs> now, listen, you big lummox. This is a frame-up. I'm not Edward Stokes. I don't know who he is. I never even heard of him. I'm Dan Holliday, a writer. Yeah, okay, okay, I believe you. Once I took care of a man who was Shakespeare, I believed him. I also took care of Michelangelo, Dante, Spinoza, why I... Look, had... I, I want to see Cordell. What for? I want to talk to him. What about? Does that make any difference? Yeah, because if it's not important, he'll get mad at me. <sighs> All right. Tell him... Tell him I remember now that I'm Edward Stokes. It all comes back to me. Now, will you go to him? Yeah, okay, but please, Mr. Stokes, don't try what you did before. I I hate to get rough. All right, I promise. Ah, it's a good boy. And keep on being a good boy, and you'll be allowed visitors this afternoon. I'll be very happy to see them. Very happy. <laughs> Mr. Stokes, I brought you to see Mr. Cordell like you asked. Now, promise you'll take it easy? Oh, sure. Thanks, Hugo. Yeah, it's nothing. Uh, here he is, Mr. Cordell. Good. Close the door and wait outside, Hugo. You sure you'll be all right, Mr. Cordell? I think Mr. Stokes has learned his lesson. Mm, sure. Please be a good boy now. Yeah, I will, Hugo. So, you've become reconciled, Mr. Stokes. I know I can talk myself blue in the face to Hugo or anyone else around here and not get anywhere. But I want you to tell me what this is all about. I'll be glad to. You're Edward Stokes. You're here for arrest. You were formerly at the Millhaven Sanitarium, but your wife thought this would be a better place. Don't you remember? Remember? Oh, of course I do. You've made it all so clear. Good, good. Oh, uh, by the way, you're looking so much better than when I saw you last, Mr. Stokes. Would you like to see how much better? What do you mean? There's a mirror on the door of that closet to your right. Open it and see how you've improved. I looked in the mirror. I didn't see Dan Holliday. I saw a stranger. Cordell's voice came to me from a million miles away. There's some gray in your hair, of course, but that's to be expected. As a whole, it's still a nice, deep, rich black. My hair's been dyed. Has it? I'll bet you think it was once blonde. I imagine you think your name was once Dan Holliday. Take a good look at yourself, Mr. Stokes. Get acquainted with your new personality. You'll be with it for quite a while. Cordell smiled at me. Then I knew for certain this was no joke. I was Edward Stokes. My hair dyed, clever touches of makeup here and there. Even Susie wouldn't have known me. Do you know why you've become Edward Stokes? Why, Mr. Cordell? Because Mr. Edward Stokes is dead. Back to Daytime Nightmare, another Box 13 adventure with Alan Ladd, 
as Dan Holliday. Well, there was a twist. I was a dead man. Yet I was alive and being kept alive. But for what? Later in my room, I thought of making a break for it. But there was always Samuel and Hugo. Then later, I was taken again to Cordell's office. This time, Hugo went in with me. Cordell wasn't alone. With him were Waring and a woman. The woman looked at me as I entered. Edward. Edward, darling. Would you mind just calling me Dan? Please, Edward. You remember me? Of course you remember your wife, don't you, Edward? Oh, hello, Waring. I must buy you lunch sometime. Lunch? Oh, oh, of course, of course. I told your wife and Mr. Waring that you were so much better, Mr. Stokes. But now you've disappointed me. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Cordell. Hugo, please wait outside. I'll call you if I need you. Sure, Mr. Cordell. He does look like Edward. Must you say it so loud, Philip? Oh, sorry. How long does this go on? Not much longer. Of course, it all depends on you. Yes, how? We'll leave that until later. Clarice. What? You've got to sign those transfer papers. They're all right? Of course. Oh, uh, Edward, it might be interesting for you to watch yourself being committed. I'm warning all of you. I'm going to get out of here. And when I do, I... And when you do what? Where's the real Edward Stokes? How does he know about Edward? Cordell, did you open your mouth? What's the difference? He can babble his head off and no one will pay any attention. Suppose something goes wrong. How can it? It's all too perfect. Of course it is. Sign the papers, Clarice. Get it over with. Good. Now let's go. Nothing can go wrong. Not unless you double-cross me. You've got your money and you're in as deeply as anyone. You better see that everything goes all right. It will. Fine. Now goodbye, Edward, and good luck. Come along. Well, Mr. Stokes, you're now officially in my care. That should make everything just ducky. Oh, it will. If it's not asking too much, what happens now? My dear Mr. Stokes, if you knew, you wouldn't like it. What's to prevent me from reaching across this desk and knocking your head off just for the fun of it? This gun will prevent it. You wouldn't dare use it. No, not directly. But suppose you did try something. Suppose we struggled and the gun went off accidentally. Suppose it did. And killed you. Who would be your witness? Not you. You'd be dead. Not Hugo, because he saw you attack me this morning. Cordell leaned back in his chair and grinned. Then he laid the gun on the desk. It was so close to me. So close. He knew what I was thinking because his grin widened. But I had to take the chance. I jumped. Stay right there, Cordell. All right. Now that you've got the gun, what will you do? Hand me that phone. Certainly. Here you are. Keep your hands on top of the desk. With pleasure. Uh, whom are you going to call? The police. All right. Go ahead. Hugo! Hugo! What's the matter? Mr. Stokes. Be careful, Hugo. He's raving. Hugo, you've got to believe me. I'm not Edward Stokes. I'm Dan Holliday. Give me two minutes to put through a phone call. No, 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 Mr. Stokes. You don't want to do anything with that gun. Better give it to me like a good boy. Hugo, please. Please stay back. Careful, Hugo. He may shoot. Stay back, Mr. Cordell. I can handle him. Hugo, listen to me. Listen to me. Give me two minutes on that phone. Just one minute. Mr. Stokes, give me that gun. Come on, give it to me. Wait, Hugo. Wait, I don't want to shoot. But I'll have to do it if you come any closer. Better not. Hugo, I'm in a spot. The real Edward Stokes is dead, Hugo. 
He's been killed by his wife and his attorney. Listen to me. Stand still and listen to me. Easy. Easy, Mr. Stokes. Easy. The real Stokes has been killed. He was taken from the first sanitarium and killed. I was brought here, Hugo. Brought here to impersonate Stokes. Cordell wants me to shoot you, Hugo, so I can be killed legally. Sure, uh, Stokes. Sure, sure. Hugo! I, I know all that, Mr. Stokes, but but if you'll just... <laughs> Hugo. Hugo. I'm afraid you killed him, Stokes. Cordell, you shot the poor devil. Of course I did, Mr. Stokes. You shot him with another gun you just took out of that drawer. That's perfectly true, Mr. Stokes. Ballistics can prove which gun killed Hugo. That's true, too, Mr. Stokes. But who would think of ballistics in connection with a maniac? Cordell stood there, a smoking gun in his hand. Oh, it was a beautiful frame. In a second, the rest of the people in the place would crowd into that office. What chance would I have? None. I could talk myself into a lather. Cordell put the gun back onto his desk. Well, Mr. Stokes, what now? I... I can prove I didn't shoot this gun. Think you'll get the chance? I'll be back. Get out of the way. Be careful, all of you. Don't chase after him. He's got a gun. He killed Hugo. Stay back. Let him go. Stay out of general alarm. I ran out into the night, out into the rest of my nightmare. I cleared the grounds of the rest home and took to the woods. There was only one thing in my favor, the darkness. I stayed in the woods, but I had to get to a phone. I don't know how long I walked. Maybe an hour, maybe two. Then I saw a house. There were lights in it. I hesitated, but I had to get to that phone. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Just a minute. Don't. Don't scream, please. Get back. Please. Please don't. Look, I'm not going to hurt you. I I want to get to a phone. Have you got one? No. There's no phone here. Uh, where's the nearest one? The, the, the filling station down the road. Oh. Have, have you got any men's clothes here? In, in the closet. Would you mind getting them out? Go away, please. I, I won't tell anybody you've been here, but... Don't hurt me, please. You you know who I am? The, the, the radio, they said. How long ago? Oh, half an hour, maybe. Get those clothes for me, please. Uh, Get them. Uh, all right. They won't fit you. They're too small. I don't care about that. Throw them on the table there. Just trousers and coat. All right. I pulled the trousers and coat on over the pajamas I was wearing. The woman watched me, and she watched the door. She was expecting someone... Wally, probably her husband. Then... Please, please go now. How far is that filling station? Oh, about two miles. Oh, there's no phone closer than that? No. All right, you stay in here. You're not going to get hurt. Just stay in here until you're sure I'm far enough away. Do you get that? Yes, I, I won't move. Good. I'll return the clothes later. <laughs> she screamed. I could hear her screams fading into the night as I ran. I had two miles to go, two miles through the brush and woods. I couldn't risk getting to the road. Then I heard something. I ran. I ran until my legs were torn by the brush. I ran until my breath choked in my throat. Then I saw the station, but I couldn't get to it. I crept closer and lay down in the mud-filled ditch. I knew then what a fox must feel like with the hounds tearing at his heels. I listened. 
I heard Cordell's voice. Well, to begin with, he's dark-haired, wearing pajamas. Huh? But he may have picked up some clothes somewhere. Well, I haven't seen anybody. Better be careful of him, Clay. He's got a gun. Already killed a man back at the home. Don't take no chances. Shoot to kill. I will, Sheriff. Thanks for warning me. Okay, Clay. Oh, uh, got a gun? Sure, always keep one in the station. Good. Keep your radio turned on, too. We're running bulletins on the air. That way you can tell if he's headed this way. Sure. See you later, Sheriff. Remember, he's dangerous. A homicidal maniac. Take no chances. Okay, Mr. Cordell, thanks. Go on. Go on, Clay. I watched the attendant, Clade, go back into the filling station. I watched him take a gun from a drawer and shove it into his pocket. I crept across the road. My stomach hurt from pressing it close against the concrete. Clade came out of the station, looked up and down the road. Then he turned off the lights and locked the door. Don't take another step. Hmm? Don't look around. Don't reach for that gun in your pocket. What are you going to do? Nothing. You won't get hurt. I want to use the phone in the station. It's out of order. You're lying. I'm not lying. Why don't you try it? Where are the keys to the door? In my pocket. Keep your hands out of that pocket. You want the keys, don't you? Keep your back turned. I know that gun is in your coat pocket. The keys there, too? No, in my trousers. Reach in. Get them out. But be careful. Now, unlock the station door and go in ahead of me. Never mind the lights. Look, why don't you give me your gun? You haven't got a chance, fella. The roads are crawling with prowl cars. They were here just a minute ago. Yes, I know what I saw them. Now reach in that coat pocket. Back to me. Reach in and take out that gun. All right. Hold it by two fingers and drop it on the floor. Go on. Now, stand over there while I use the phone. It's out of order, I told you. Stay where you are. Hello. Hello. I told you. Where's another phone? The nearest one's about five miles down the road. You're lying. Like I was about this phone? Look, please, why don't you give up? Give me that gun, we'll go into town. Please. They'll shoot you down on sight if, if you leave here alone. I've got to take that chance. No, you don't. I want to give you a break, fella. I want to give you a break because... Because? Once I saw a dog shot. A dog they all said was mad. It wasn't mad. All it wanted was water. But they shot it without giving it a chance. Please, give me your gun. Look, if I tell you a story, you won't believe it. I know you won't. Maybe I will. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not Edward Stokes. I'm not the man they're hunting for. He's dead. Killed by his wife and his attorney. What? I think because they wanted his estate. If I'm killed as Stokes, they'll identify me as him. Please, give me the gun. You... You don't believe me, do you? I believe only that if you leave here and get out on that road, you'll be shot down. I... You're hurt. Never mind. Get me to a phone. I can't. All right, here. Take the gun. Take it. That's the way, fella. Now you've got the gun. I want you to do one thing. Get me to a phone. Let me call the police. Let me identify myself, will you? Come on. I've got a car.
Clay got me to a phone. I called Lieutenant Kling and told him the story. And less than an hour later, the sheriff, his men, Clayton, and I walked into Cordell's office. Ah, oh, you've got him. Good work, Sheriff. Yeah, we got him. Uh, I'm surprised you took him alive. Yeah, so are we. Mind stepping over here a minute, Mr. Cordell? Uh, what, what for? Get over. What is this? You'll find the gun that killed Hugo in that drawer, Sheriff. What? What? Well, well, this man's mad, Sheriff. I heard different from the city. Look out. Hey, take it you... easy, Cordell. Get that gun, Sheriff. That's the gun that killed Hugo, not the one I gave Clayt. <laughs> you were right, Mr. Cordell. No one would have thought of ballistics to see which gun had killed Hugo. Well, now I think I need a bath and a nice long rest. Arrested on suspicion of murder. Police are searching for the body of Edward Stokes. Gee, Mr. Holliday. Well, it was nice, Susie. But let's forget it. Sure. I know what you mean. Oh, oh, say, I have to remind you. Huh? Of what? You've got a luncheon appointment today at... Luncheon? Oh, no, Susie. Next week, same time, through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures... Alan Ladd stars as Dan Holliday in Box 13. Box 13 is directed by Richard Sandville, with this week's original story by Russell Hughes. Original music is composed and conducted by Rudy Schrager. Part of Susie is played by Sylvia Picker, and production is supervised by Vern Karstensen. Box 13 is a Mayfair production from Hollywood. If you enjoyed that, please check out the Riley and Kimmy Show for archived podcasts, interviews, old-time radio shows, videos, and photos, all available at RileyandKimmy.com. We're asking for your help right now. The Spacey Awards are looking for the best podcast. You can place your vote for best podcast, and we hope it's the Riley and Kimmy Show. You can vote for us by going to our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. And our Facebook page, we have a link to that uh, voting process. And remember, it's more than just liking our Facebook page that will get a vote. You have to actually click on... The little bubble. Yes, for our name. Mm -hmm. That's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Please vote for us. We would like to thank you in advance for doing so. And we ask just one thing. Please share that with at least two people who will vote and ask them to pass it on to two more who will vote for us as well. That's the Spacey Awards. And you can find out more how to vote right on our website and our Facebook page. Link to our Facebook page is available right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.